found out that my parents were going to be going to Arizona for two weeks, and my dad told the, told the deacons and everybody, Jason comes up to me and he goes, oh, by the way, I'm going to be gone the 7th as well, so um, looks like you're going to be able to lead songs and preach, and <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's just wonderful. So I just want to uh, say thank you to Jason if he happens to hear this sometime. Now, um, I thought it was funny. Last week, you know, I, I made mention of it being beautiful out and the full moon shining bright and how my mom likes to go ice skating when there's a full moon. And I talked to her on Monday and she goes, oh, by the way, we were listening to your message off the Internet and I heard that it's been beautiful there. And I thought, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so that one backfired on me. But. Oh, man, this year has been a good workout for shoveling snow off the pond, that's for sure. We went out, and Shayla and I went out and shoveled some off yesterday, and I could feel it this morning song lead. <laughs> like, man, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit stiff. But Kara, Kara asked me when she found out that my parents were going to be gone on, on Super Bowl Sunday, and I meant to announce this just so everybody knows. She goes, so since they're going to be gone, are you going to cancel church Sunday night because of the Super Bowl? We are going to have church tonight. It's at 6.30 at normal time, so I just wanted to, to clarify for everyone so you didn't, didn't think we were canceling to church. Turn to the book of James this morning. The book of James chapter 1. Also, a few days ago, somebody, somebody asked us over for dinner, and we had plans already, and I said, Ah, oh, sorry, we can't make it. We, they go... Well, since you talked on hospitality last week, I figured that you guys were wanting to go somewhere to eat. <laughs> They're like, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding. That was not my intention at all, by the way. <laughs> just wanted to clarify that. James chapter one. We're going to begin reading this morning in verse 19. Re- read down through the end of the chapter. James one, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this man shall be blessed in his deed if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart This man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the the free gift of salvation. Lord, I thank you for your your Holy Spirit's guidance and direction and, and just for... Um, the way that, that he speaks to our hearts, the way that he helps guide us into truth. 
And so I just pray that your spirit would guide this service this morning, that you would truly uh, be at work in each and every one of our hearts and that your word would become real to us. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. In your name I pray, amen. This morning we are going to touch on this subject of being swift to hear or the gift of hearing. We find this in verse 19 where he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Now, when he says wherefore, he is pointing back to the previous verse, verse 18, where it says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his own creatures. He is saying there, Let every man be swift to hear. And he's pointing back to that in verse 18, where he's talking about the word of truth. Tonight, we're going to be touching on on the second part of this passage about becoming doers and about how we need to do. But as I was thinking upon this, we can't do unless we're first of all hearing. So this morning, we want to talk about becoming swift to hear. Swift to hear the word of truth. Now, we all have heard of selective hearing, haven't we? We want to be selective in hearing from the word of God. Mark chapter 4 and verse 9 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. We must be listening to the Spirit, and we must tune our ear into what the Spirit is saying. Now, when I first moved down to Lucas, I was living in, in the east side apartment. And I don't know if anybody in here has list, ever listened to bot, bot Radio, but they have a lot of good preaching on there, a lot of, a lot of excellent, excellent stuff, and I enjoyed listening to it. And on the east side, it's down from Kirksville, Missouri. So on the east side of the Lucas building, I could get my antenna hooked up just right and pick it up. Well, now I'm living on the west side, and I have tried and tried and tried. I Sometimes I'll be able to pick it up if I'm holding it, but as soon as I let go, it's just fuzz. Or another station comes in, and I have moved it all over trying to pick it up, trying to get it tuned into my radio so that I can listen to it. But as of right now, I still can't hear it. But as Christians, we are to tune our ears into what the Spirit is saying, into what the Spirit is trying to tell each and every one of us. And there are things around us that that create the static so that we can't pick it up. And working on listening, having an attentive ear to, to the Spirit, comes at a great challenge. It's not something that comes naturally. It's not something that comes easy for us. It's something that is a great challenge. And to understand that, that it's not something that it's just going to happen overnight. As I've said with many biblical principles and and things that we're supposed to try to do, it would be so nice if it did happen overnight and then we just had it the rest of our lives. But this is something that is is a daily struggle, a daily battle, trying to tune our hearing into the spirit and into the word of truth. So first of all, let's look at why don't we hear? What is it that is stopping us as believers, as Christians, 
from hearing what the Spirit is saying to us. Well, let me back up from that statement. What is it as people that is stopping us from hearing? Number one, it, it has to be we are not saved. If we are not a child of God, we are not going to be hearing what the Spirit is saying. Because when we receive Christ as our personal Savior, the Spirit comes into us to help guide us and direct us. And if we're not saved, we don't have the Spirit to speak to us. So, if we are not saved, we are not going to be able to, to hear the Spirit. I think of, if, I think of um, Bob Watts. I remember one time he said, you can go out to, to the cemetery and, and ask my, I think it was his mother or something like that, what she had for breakfast, and she'll tell you what she had for breakfast. And I was a little kid, and I'm like, wow, really? Well, what he was saying is, you can go out there and ask her what she had for breakfast, and what's she going to say? Nothing. Yes, exactly. That's what she had. So, you know, I was I was thinking about that then. And I'm like, you can go out to the cemetery and try all you want to try to talk to somebody there. And you can offer a million dollars for somebody if they'll come up and take the money. But there's no life there, is there? No matter how much you try to convince them to talk or listen or that, it will do you no good because there's no life there. There's no, no ability to hear. And it doesn't matter what, what you do. You can yell. You can whisper. It doesn't matter because there's no life. And many times we wonder why some people aren't listening to the Spirit and aren't hearing the Spirit. And it could be because there is no life there. It could be because they've never called out to the name of the Lord repented from their sins and accepted God for their salvation because they do not have the spirit within them. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. He cannot receive the things of the Spirit because it says they are foolishness unto him. They, they can't understand it because they do not have life in them. So why don't we hear? Maybe because there is no life. There's no salvation. There's never been a time of the second birth. But if there has been salvation, what are some other reasons? Maybe there has come a time in our life where there's no desire. There's no desire to hear the word. Often in our lives, the busyness of life, just, just the everyday things of life, will often come in and, and deaden our hearing to the word of God. You know, it, it is a battle every day to get into the word of God, isn't it? There's always things that come up that, that want to try to get our attention away from, from reading. Um, things like sleep. How many, you can wake up, you can get up early and, and do something else and you won't be tired. But as soon as you open the word of God, it seems like, whoa, all of a sudden, 
man, your eyes are dropping. It's a battle, isn't it? And many times the things of this life will get in and and will try to take our desire away. I heard heard a uh, preacher say one time that Satan doesn't always use bad things um, to get us away from God. Sometimes he'll use good things in our life. But he's using things that seem good to get us away from the best thing, which is our relationship with God. He said, if Satan always used just bad things in our life, he said we would soon catch on. But he brings things into our life that might be good, but if they're taking away from our relationship with God, we need to be careful of those. Turn over to Psalms 46, the book of Psalms. You know, when this, when this happens in a Christian's life, that, that we're, we're seeing that we're not have, having much of a desire, we really need to, to examine our life and, and see what's going on. Psalms 46 and verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. This aspect of being still and knowing that he is God. You know, it's this sense of, of getting away from all the noise of life, getting away from all everything that's going on and just spending some quiet time with God. When is the last time that you were able to just get away and spend some time praying, spend some time in the word of God? And, and maybe you have little kids running around the house, and so it's, it's really difficult for you. But this aspect of just being still and knowing that he is God. You know, today we have, we have noise around us constantly, don't we? Whether it's having our headphones in or, or just there's noise everywhere in life. And sometimes we, we don't know how to handle the quiet sometimes. It's almost kind of, kind of scary to us, I think, when we finally get, get that quiet. But God wants us just to go to him and to be still and to seek his face and know that he is God. Often we don't want to... We don't want to hear, and this, this is a problem. This is a problem, as I said, if, if we as Christians all of a sudden don't have that much of a desire to hear. The, I see baby Jenna with us this morning, and it's a blessing to see just how God has worked there. But if all of a sudden baby Jenna stopped eating and had no desire for food, there would be a problem and, and the Northways would be running to see what was wrong and to see how they could fix that. And it's the same with we as Christians. If we don't have a desire for the word of God, if we don't have a desire, something is wrong with our lives. God wants to speak to us. But do we want to listen? Do you realize that? God today is wanting to speak to each and every one of us. But are we tuned in to what he is saying? So we might not be saved. And if we are, sometimes there's not much of a desire just because things of this world. And this point number three really creates no desire in our life. Sin. 
when sin is in our life, it, it deadens our ear. And, and one of the things, one of the things that really does is pride in our life. By not listening to what God has to say or not having a desire to listen to what God has to say is really a sign of pride. We're saying, you know what? We know better. We don't need to listen to what you have to say. We, we, you know what? We got this under control. And what greater sign of pride is there than that? I think we've all either done it or been around people that have, um, they were doing something and, oh, I think, I think you should do it this way. They, somebody gives them some advice. Because if you do it that way, this is going to happen and it's going to break this. And they just blow it off and do it their own way. And, and, you almost, and it messes everything up and you want to say, well, I told you so. Right. And many times we do that with God. God has given us his word and he says, you know what? If you do this, if you if you sin against me in this way, if you bring this into your life, you know what? This is going to do this. But no, I I think it'll be okay. You know, I don't I don't see any anything that's going to happen from this. I, I think it'll be fine. And we say, you know what, God? I don't think you know what you're talking about in your word. And by our pride, we sin against God. And every time we sin against God without without turning from it, it slowly deadens, deadens our hearing, deadens our sensitivity to the spirit. You know, in just parent-child relationships... You know, when you've done something wrong and whether your parents, well, okay, let's say, first of all, you don't think your parents know about it. Okay. (laughs) So, so you've done something wrong. You know that your parents think it's wrong and that, you know, they don't approve. What does that do to your relationship with your parents? It ruins it, doesn't it? Because do you want to be around them? No. What, what if they what if they know what if they find out what's going to happen and you have that that guilty conscience don't you and it breaks that relationship that you have with your parents they say hey will you will you come in here for a second and you think oh no they found out didn't they have you boys ever thought that no they're perfect little angels sitting here on the front row in their church clothes right <laughs> I'm sure we've all been there and that thought of, oh, no, they found out. And then you find out, you get in there and they're like, hey, I was wondering if you want to go do this or something. And you're like, Whew. but it breaks that relationship, doesn't it? And it's the same with God, except with God, we don't have to wonder, does God know about this? Has he found out about it yet? But when we have sinned against God and gone directly against what he has told us in his word, it breaks that relationship. Think of Adam and Eve. What happened when they sinned against God? That perfect relationship that they had with him, that perfect fellowship was broken, wasn't it? And it's the same in our life. We, we, we sin, we know we have sin in our lives, and yet we want to hold on to our sin 
and yet have a relationship with God. And I want to hear from God and I want God to speak to me and minister in my heart and life. And he's saying, how am I supposed to do that when you're holding on to all these things in your life? Turn to the book of First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians three. And verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, but ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is much among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He's saying, you know what? You are, you are fleshly. You are carnal. You should, be, you should be eating meat from the word of God now. But we're still having to feed you with milk. You, you are not, you have these things in your life, you have sins in your life that you are not able to, to grow. They're holding you back from growing. And what are some of the things he mentions? He mentions envying strife, divisions. And you know what? These are things in our life that that we we struggle with, aren't they? Things such as being unthankful. Things such as greed. And because of these things in our life, not being thankful for what God has given us, they, they keep us from growing. They keep us from growing as Christians. And, and because of that, as here in the church of Corinth, they were not able to eat the meat of the word. And he's saying, you know what? Something is wrong here. Something is wrong that you are not able to eat meat. And this is what it is. You have sin in your life. Sin just totally eats away our growth, eats away our relationship with God. And so this morning I say, search your life and say, you know what, Lord, is there sin in my life that is keeping me away from hearing your voice, that is keeping me from growing? If I was to be examined today, would I be a fully matured Christian that is able to eat the meat of the word or am I still on the milk of the word? And is sin holding me back from that? Okay, so how do we hear from God? Number one, there has to be a time of repentance. There has to be a time of repentance. You know what? With, our, with the first not being saved, what, what has to happen? There has to be a time of repentance. With Christians... There has to be a time of repentance. And I think of, I think of the, when we were doing the commands of Christ, we had went over repentance. And it gave the quote, it's a turning from walking in our way to walking in God's. And I think that that is so 
they, they just nailed that. It's turning from walking in our way and what we desire and what we want to say, you know what? I'm walking in God's way. I'm going to do what God wants. There has to be a turning around and walking in God's way. You all have heard the verse, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then then he'll come and, and speak and intercede. But there has to be a turning. There has to be a turning. It, we, we often want to just continue with it and, and bring God alongside and, and bring them both together. But that's not possible. So there has to be repentance. Number two, how to hear from God. It comes from reading the Bible. You know, I'm sure you've heard as long as you've been coming to church... Um, these kids, I'm sure, have heard it over and over in Sunday school. You know, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been reading your Bible? How would you do reading your Bible this last week? And this is so, so important, though. You know what? If we're going to hear from God, we have to know who God is. We have to, to study who he is. And God has given us his word to speak to us, to instruct us, and he has given us his word to help guide us. And yet, we often push it to the side and, and just want to hear from God or want to do it our own way. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And verse 16. It says here, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But that all scripture is given by God. You know, how, how lightly do you take having the word of God here with you? You know what? God has given us his word. When we were down in, in Florida, I, I shared this, but it, it was just gave me a new appreciation for it. But the Holy Land experience down there, and they have all these Bibles from, I don't know what the oldest one was, like 400 A.D. or something like that. And, and they take you through room by room and, and show you how the Bible has been translated from from this into German to this to this and how we finally got it in English form today. And the one that stuck out to me was they showed us one Bible there and it had blood stains on it from a martyr that had given their life to help preserve that Bible. And I thought, you know what? Every day, you know, I pick up, pick up the Bible and, and I don't think about what people went through to preserve this. So that we can say this morning, you know what, open your Bible to the book of James and everybody opens it up. But to think about, you know what, God has preserved his word through history so that we can have it in front of us today. And to understand that the Bible 
is the living word of God. It's not just an old book that we read and we can learn things from, but it's the living word of God. Um, you read you read books from years ago and you notice how dated they are now, don't you? And you say, well, that doesn't even apply anymore. But the word of God is still living and is still working. And God speaks through his word. And that's why it's so important for us to be in it, to not only read it and just say, okay, I'm going to read uh, Proverbs a day, read through it. Okay, got my Bible reading done for the day, shove it off to the side. But to also be memorizing and meditating on it through the day. But then all, God also loves to speak through times of prayer. Through times of prayer. Do you, do you really cherish that, that time of prayer that, that you get with God? We all love talking to um, friends and family members and, and being able to communicate with them. And, and how, if you've ever gone to, to a foreign country or something like that, and if you can't communicate with them, how wonderful it is to be able to finally talk to them and see how everybody's doing and that. But to understand that we, as Christians today, can go directly to God at any time. It's not, we don't have to go make a sacrifice and go to the high priest, but we can go directly before God's throne into the Holy of Holies at any time. And that not only can we and we're able to, but God wants us to come boldly. He, he's not just saying, you know, you can come and you can you can ask two things a week, but but that's all no more. No, God, God is eagerly waiting for we, his children to come before him and, and pour our hearts out to him and, and fellowship with him. And I was thinking about that with, from the book of Mark 15, where, where the veil was torn in two. And that was signifying that we had direct access to God. And that because of, because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, he was interceding on our behalf. And just the blessing that that is. You know what? God loves to speak to his children through times of prayer. It's not just about us going and saying, God, please be with the Comases as they're down in Florida. It's not just us going and taking our, our needs before him, even though that's a part of it. It's going and spending time with our Heavenly Father. Do you view it as that, or is it something like, well, let me ask God if I can, if I can do this, if I can do this. Spending time with, with your Heavenly Father. Some of you might have kids like this, but I'm, I'm, I don't know, so I'm not pointing that out. But if, if a kid just the only time they come to their parents is to say, I need this, and then, and then leaves again, comes back, I need $100 now. And don't try this, okay? It, it usually doesn't work very well. I, I need this. And then, you know what? The parents would be like, Come on, don't you want to just, can't we talk for a while? Can't we do something? And often we do that to God. We come to him, we need this, leave. We need this, leave. And God's saying, don't you want to fellowship with me a little bit? So look at, look at prayer as a time of building your relationship with God. And then I was 
number four, I was thinking, you know what? Good Christian music, God will often speak through that as well. You know what? God will bring to songs to mind and really minister through, through songs that, that he has given to people. And, and God will often use music to speak to hearts. You know, many of you might know the song, God Will Take Care of You. But in, in, um, when I was going over to Uruguay and that, I, I was a little bit worried about it. And, and God brought that song to mind. Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. And, and he just used that over and over in my life to bring great comfort, to say, you know what? God is in control, and he's going to take care of you, so there's no reason for you to worry about anything. And God will often use, use music to speak to our hearts and lives. And then number five, he'll all often use Christians. He'll use our fellow brothers and sisters to really, really speak to our hearts, to minister. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 24. Hebrews 10 verse 24 And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what? God God loves to speak through fellow Christians. And not only Christians here, here today, but Christians from years past too. So when you see, find a good book, that, that a Christian wrote from a long time ago, God will often use that to speak maybe the same struggles that they went through, you're going through. But, but one thing you need to be careful about with that is it's good to, to read books from Christians throughout history, but remember that, that they are humans just like we are. And in our Sunday school class, we're going through Pilgrim's Progress, and we got talking about that a little bit this morning and just saying, you know what? Okay, is he is he speaking the truth here? You know, is he lining up with the word of God? And so just be careful when you read books that other Christians have wrote to say, you know what, is what they're saying lining up with the word of God? And so God will often use Christians to to minister and to speak. But you know what God does through all of these? It's God's spirit that helps guide and direct And we need to be obedient and sensitive to the Spirit. You know what? No matter how small of a thing you might think it is that God is saying for you to do, you might say, you know what? That's not going to do any good. Why why do I need to do that? Obeying, Obeying the Spirit in just a small thing is going to then help us the next time when God speaks. We're going to hear and then slowly building our ear, tuning our ear to the Spirit of God. I, I think of, I don't know how many times this has happened, um, but you'd think I'd learn to just do it the first time. But you see like a piece of paper laying on the ground, and I don't know how many times I've thought, oh, I should pick that up. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. So I'll walk by it, and then I'm like, yeah, I should pick it up. 
So turn around, walk all the way back and pick it up. You'd think I would learn to just pick it up right away. But, you know, I thought, what's that going to matter? And it was like the spirit prompted me, you know what? If you obey me in this, and if you don't obey me in this, why you probably aren't going to obey me in something bigger. It's taking that, that little step and obeying God in the small things, and then it's, that's tuning our ear to listen to the Spirit. The more time we spend with God, the more easily we will be able to hear His voice. John 10 tells us, you know, the sheep hear my voice and know me. Do you know the Master's voice today? Can you say, you know what, I, I know when when god is speaking to me and when was the last time you really you really felt god speaking to you do you say yeah a few years ago man i was i was really searching the word i was really in the word and i god god was really speaking to me through the word but it's it's been a few years so do you hear god's voice today and do you know if you don't do you know for sure that you're saved? And if you say, yes, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I am saved. Well, then it's time to search our heart and say, is there sin or something that's keeping me away from hearing the voice of God? So what steps are you going to take today to hear the voice of God? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so, so much that you are still alive and at work today. Lord, it's such a blessing to know that you are speaking to us. Um, it's not just, just us studying about you, but that you are actually speaking to us. Lord, I thank you that we do have direct fellowship with you, that we can come to you and that you are waiting eagerly for us. Lord, thank you for being a loving, just, compassionate Father. And help us to be obedient to you today. In your name I pray, amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.